If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. Is that you? Are you really right there in front of me? Maybe? That's, that's so, I wouldn't do that with your shirt. That, because you could ruin the shirt. I've ruined my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Would you prefer that or the couch? Well, shirts are less expensive. That's true. You ever get sold couch insurance? Actually, you want to know a funny story? Sure. When I was shopping for a new couch at Ashley Furniture. I've done the same exact thing. And that's the exact same place I'm going to tell you the, the same story. Go ahead. So the the salesman mm-hmm. offered me, well, I, he didn't call it insurance. He right. didn't call it couch insurance. Right. It's a but kind it, of a. It's like a warranty yep. thing. But it was like. Like thirty percent of the cost of the, the 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 product. Yeah, and this was like a twelve hundred dollar couch. So added to it's another what? Will be another another like, sixteen hundred. Yeah, be sixteen hundred total. Yeah. So I um, I'm like, all right. Well, how much would it be? He's like, well, it's just an additional four hundred on top of the uh, twelve hundred. I'm like, for couch insurance. Yeah. He's like, well, we don't really call it that. I'm like, but that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Don't, right? yeah, just stop. Just stop right now. That's exa- <laughs> that, the same exact thing happened at Ashley with us. Really? Was that, and I was there with my mother at the time. And the guy was like, are you sure? I mean, you got the, you might have cats at home and they could destroy, you might spill something on it. And my mother was just like, we'll deal with that when it happens. And I was like, that a girl, ma. That a girl. That's, yeah, I mean, it's, ugh. And after, and the other thing too is you look at it you're like, okay, after like ten years, of course a couch is going to be worn, you know, right? Like, it's that's what happens. Yeah, they depreciate. Yeah, you know. So if you can't accept that, right, then don't buy the couch. Yeah. So anyway, hey, it's how you play the game, the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. And wait a minute, I think. Are we together? We are together for the oh, first whoa. time in months. We are together. We we have decided that we're still six feet apart. Yes, we're. I mean, we're always six feet apart, right? You know, um, I miss the days where we hugged all the time. Oh, all <laughs> all one of them. Yeah, you know, I don't remember what the occasion was when you got the job. That's right. That's right. When I was no longer unemployed. Right. How'd that turn out? We got a pandemic. I'm not going to give we you hugs anymore. <laughs> hey, you got a job, but in seven months there will be a pandemic. So, good luck, everybody else. Um, see you later. See you, yeah, <laughs> we are together again. Um, we we feel safe enough to uh, to to brave it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it brings up an interesting point in that pandemic or not, it kind of emphasizes that you know you. We should have been respecting people's personal space regardless. And as a germaphobe, a card-carrying germaphobe, I think that's something that we can all endorse. Is Is, there a card? um, I mean, I can make a card. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
I can. It's a very simple phone call to the print shop down the street. Okay. To say, can you use some decent card stock? Yeah. And make me a card for this club that I'm in. That you made up. That I made up apparently. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think just don't make your salads in the bathtub. No, I I draw the line there because that's prop that that's intellectual property of Larry David property. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to get into a a lawsuit over right, that. That's the reason. That's the reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just think that it just goes to show you that you know before a pandemic, as a germaphobe, you know, I'm already being careful. I'm trying to respect people's personal space you know you have mm-hmm. to be careful what you touch and things right. like that and to be honest with you it works pretty well and 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 you you still have to do the mental work to uh you know to to come down off of the the the, the, the fear and the anxiety that comes with it because that's mm-hmm. a, that's a separate story altogether but you know i think it just goes to show you that you can you know if, if, as long as you remain smart and vigilant you know it, it's not that big of a deal and that's not. I'm not trying to make that statement based upon the seriousness of the pandemic. That's a completely different story. I'm just talking about general living right now. You and I are in a situation where we we respect each other's personal space mm-hmm. and we feel reasonably safe. Right. You know, um, we wash our hands regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, if we touch a surface that has high traffic, we wash our hands after that, or mm-hmm. we just don't touch our face, or you know, you wash your hands before and after you use food and. Mm-hmm. Um, use food. Use when you, food. You, when you touch food or right. eat food, you know. So, you do all of those things, you're you're pretty much in a pretty good place, I think. Hey, speaking of food, those brownies are really good. Oh, you like those? Yeah. Thank you. I, one of the things that I've done over the pan, I've done three. I've picked up three hobbies while the pandemic has been going on. Uh, golf, which you and I have done regularly. Hey, I still say we have a few more games left. Oh, absolutely. Before I was, the end. I was actually just telling my mother, I said, on Monday, it's supposed to be nice, but it's also supposed to be about 45 degrees. And my mother's like, you Bring should, your drill. She's like, she's <laughs> like, go. You should go. Just put on some Under Armour and go. And I was like, I think my mother's trying to get me to do something. So, <laughs> um, so that's number one. Number two is cutting my own hair, mm-hmm. which has taken a couple of experiments. Um, it is, it's, it's interesting to say the least. I've learned a couple of things. I think the haircut I have now is not my best, but uh, I the one before it I really liked, and I've learned how to use. This one looks for, pretty good. It's not bad. I I think I made it a little too short this time, and you can see kind of on this side it doesn't blend as well as it could, but it's not. I it it was worse mm. on both sides. I had a huge weight line going around, and it didn't blend at all. It looked like I had a mushroom cut from second grade. Mm. And uh, I went back and I fixed it by by thinning out the top and blending it a little bit better, and it worked out nicely. You then. know, I had a mushroom cut until I was in eighth grade. I had a mushroom cut until I was in seventh grade. Oh, and then I grew my hair long, mm-hmm. and then I got a mushroom cut again mm. at the end of seventh grade, and I had that until the end of tenth grade. Wow. Then I then I shaved my head, and went with the the Caesar cut. Mm-hmm. in 11th and 12th grade where it's kind of a little longer on the top but short on the sides and the back and you put the gel in it and mm-hmm. the girls go crazy for it. Do you know how I had girls throwing themselves at me? But of course, as a nerd and an insecure teenager, I didn't know what to do with it. So mm. remember those days? Yeah. We're still there, aren't girls we? Girls threw themselves yeah. at me all the time. Yeah. 
<laughs> listen, listen. While I was while I was downstairs playing Mario Kart sixty four. Not that that's a problem. No, I'd I'd rather I'm, 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 like you're saying honestly. that like that's an issue. It's I'm like, no, not we've a bad, all been doing bad, that. Yeah. We might do that again sometime in the near future. Yeah, I'm down. Um, but yeah, I just you know not to not to go on the tangent, but uh, if I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. I would have been uh, swimming in it. Mm. But that's a Again, speaking of Mario, okay. I know another tangent. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I've uh, been playing a lot of the Switch lately. Okay. And I'm playing Super Paper Mario, the Origami King. Okay. It's the newest one. Right. What a feel-good comfort food of a game. Good. You know, I, I feel like that's what the Mario series is, especially Paper Mario, because yeah. it's so bright and colorful and nice, warm, rounded edges. Yeah. And it just... It just it just feels good to play that game, mm-hmm. all the Paper Mario games. And I think now more than ever. Oh, absolutely! It, it, it's yeah. good to. It's 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 a great game. Good. I'm really enjoying it. So so cutting my hair was number two, and number three is baking. Oh, right, the, the brownies. The brownies. So in front of this me, is going to be a tangent filled episode. That's fine. Hang on to your hats, yeah. folks. Listen, after the last one we did, we are we are owe ourselves. We, we, yes. Okay. We need to do ourselves a favor. Right. Treat ourselves to some... Some... Tangential... Tangential? Tangential? Tangential. I don't know. It's going to be a weird one. The last one was so good, we're going to do one that's so bad now. Yeah. So... Nobody listen to this. Just do yourselves a favor. Just turn it off now. But yeah, right in front of me are, <laughs> are things that I baked. We've got um, a, a gluten-free cinnamon swirl bread that I made for my mother. Mm. Um... We've got uh, old-fashioned Italian pizzelles. Bought a pizzel iron. Looked like waffles. Mm. We've got the... Uh, now, do you use maple syrup on those? No, I don't use maple syrup on those. You, I think you can, but um, they're meant to be more of a harder cookie mm. um, than they are like a waffle thing. Okay. Um, you can change the flavor of them very easily, but I make them like my grandmother. My grandmother used anise, so I put... Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mean to pat myself on the back. I think I got the flavor just right because you use too much anise. It can be disgusting. Mm. I sound weird, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've got those. I've got the the peanut blossoms, which are the peanut butter cookies with the uh, Hershey Kiss in them. Mm. Um, so, those, And then I've got uh, a, a almost gluten-free brownie. The only thing – I'm not – almost vegan brownie, I should say. The only thing that's not vegan is there are eggs in it. And, and I love eggs. There you go. And then there is a grainless chocolate chip cookie mm. uh, recipe here, which too. was also very good. Thank you. So, um, and oh, oh, I forgot in the in the refrigerator. If you would like to have one later, I have both my truffles, the the mm. chocolate truffles, and the new one is homemade Kit Kats. Really? Yeah. Can you break a piece off of that? Uh, I can just give you the Kit Kat <laughs> because there's no breaking. Once you have it, you're just like, no, this is all mine. Oh. This is all mine. Yeah, there's no, you don't break these. The, the, the material inside them is the same. Okay. They are uh, graham crackers. With, Wafers. Yeah, with um, a little honey, a little peanut butter, mm. and, and all dipped in chocolate. So Sounds good. It's it, My sister uh, dies over them. Mm. So she, she's the one who suggested it, and she's over the moon for them so mm. uh i'll be opening a bakery with uh with all of these recipes sometime wow 
Someone someone suggested. I think it was my sister said I should do that, and then my buddy Chris said, "You know, there's a bakery for sale in Hamilton that you could buy." And I'm like, "Yeah, who's going to give me a loan, Jackhole? You, <laughs> you know, you got a torso, you, you, got, you got an, an ATM, ATM in that torso that, light bright. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that thing wasn't even fully paid off yet. <laughs> what the hell's an aluminum falcon? We'll lower that. Thank you. <laughs> um." Oh, I should finish the open. This is how you play the game, the official podcast of oh, the Osa yes. Foundation. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you. He's talked to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the Firth Firth. The first episode of the month the of Colin November. The Colin Firth episode. The Colin Firth episode of the month of November. <laughs> the year is 2020. As always, you can check us out at osafoundation.org. You can contact the show via email. The address is podcast at osafoundation.org. And on the interwebs, facebook.com slash osafoundation and Twitter and Instagram, both at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. And once again, directly in front of me without a computer screen between us is the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean. Well, there technically is a computer. Well, there is. There's the us. one that you're using to record. Right. But we're not doing this via Zoom. Yeah. Right now. So, um, my cat's going to be a lobster for Halloween. Really? Yeah. That's great. Thanks for throwing that out there. Yeah. I'll, let me counter that by saying. <laughs> um, so, I, so, I just dropped my car off at a service station to fix a flat tire. Hmm. And I called my mom to give me a ride because mm-hmm. the school she works at is just down the street from it. And then we're just down the street from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really walking distance, but uh, it was all, of you know, two minutes in the car versus 20 minutes walking. Mm-hmm. And she picked me up in her Halloween costume because the kids are right. dressing up today. And uh, she had a green wig on and she was a Care Bear. Oh. So she's picking me up and she goes... This is weird. I said, this isn't weird at all. This is. That was a weird sound. Did you shut my garage door? No. No. Maybe that's it. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. It was probably, you know what it was? It was the mailman. Okay. So. You have a robotic mailman? We, <laughs> listen, that would be a compliment. Compared to the mail service in this town. Yeah. Okay. I'm not breaking any, you know, any new ground here, Copernicus, when okay. I say that the mail in my town is horrendous. And that's why I have a P.O. box in the next town over so that I can get my mail. Mm. But that's another tangent for another time, I guess. Ooh, I'm already getting. Here we go. All right. <laughs> this well, is then not, let's, let's race through this. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I um, love tangents. Let me. Oh, let me tell you the story <laughs> that, that I said would be good for the podcast before we get into the real stuff. Mm. So this happened to me on the golf course two weeks ago, and um, when this when this happened, I thought to myself, "Got to put this one on the podcast just to kind of throw it out there and kind of expose some people." Not like that, but you know what I'm trying to say because mm. that that other one gets you five to ten. Um, that's you know, it? You know all about that, right? That's it? That's it. <laughs> Jeez, that's a bargain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you paid retail for this one. You got, you know? Do you want me to shut your garage Yeah, door? run over and do that for you me You can start. You okay, can... I'll, 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 do the, I'll start the story while you shut my garage. Make sure there's everything still there and that no, nobody... Uh, took anything? Took, yeah, because there's a lot of stuff in there to take. So I'm on the golf course and... Um, 
I go out and I'm playing by myself. Right. Okay. And I happen to catch up to the group in front of me, which is a twosome of two guys. One's probably in his mid-50s or so, maybe late-50s. And the other guy's probably in his mid to late 60s, possibly early 70s. Um, Garage door closed. Thank you. The, uh, the, the older guy is a retired professor of biblical studies at Notre Dame. So he and I are having a grand old time just chatting and whatnot. But the younger guy who's like in his 50s is taking the game really seriously. Mm-hmm. Like... Like you know, like like getting mad at himself and trying to you know, it just I, I I wish I could put it into words outside of just saying the dudes, you know, golf is you can be a little competitive with golf, but it's not like the other sports. But remember, self self inflicted self inflicted hate over a bad shot is an example of poor sportsmanship. Correct. Correct. You can you can be frustrated, right. like oh, how did I do that? You know, but when it's Four letter word after four letter word, right. nonstop, exactly slamming your club against a tree. Right, that's no good. Right, right. So when I join them, because I, I I catch up to them, the first thing they say to me because they didn't ask me to join them right off the bat. I think they, they thought I was playing with another group. They start apologizing to me, and I'm like, "What are you apologizing for?" And they said, "The group in front of us, which is a, a threesome, um, is taking a, a, a long time." They're just, the pace is, is really going slow. And they haven't really caught up to them to ask if they could play through or anything like that. But it was it was a little, it, it was a little annoying. And I was like, okay, you listen, we've all been on the golf course, those of us who golf, and we get into those predicaments, okay? It's it's not the first time, and it certainly won't be the last. But I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it is what it is. But then they then they realize that I'm playing by myself. They asked me to join, and I said, yeah, sure. So, so we start playing. And it's like the fourth hole when I caught up to them, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're playing. We get up to the ninth hole, and we hit our tee shots. And um, I hooked mine to to the left a little bit. And um, the younger guy out of the other two did the same. So we're in like the same area. We're on a, we're on a hill, and he's just behind me. And like I found my ball before he found his ball because I had a cart and he was walking. So. He's like a little confused. I'm looking and he goes, do you want to go? And I was like, no, you can go. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it off as, you know, I can see that the group in front of me is still on the green and I don't want to take a shot and, you know, be improper and get up, you know, on them, give them their chance to putt and the whole thing, you know. Which by the way, um, you know, even if you hit your shot and with no chance of hitting them, Mm -hmm. It's still impolite to yeah. go because it's like you're rushing them exactly a little bit, and right. even if, especially if they're keeping pace with the game, right. you you ne- you you just want to lay off exactly exactly. Some yeah. of these courses now have the time cards, the times on the card to mm-hmm. tell you how long it should take to play each hole, mm-hmm. and you can look at it and calculate it. And if you're playing, and if you're on pace, mm-hmm. and the, and that means the group in front of you is on pace, there's really nothing you can do. About Things will it, work out, you know. Mm-hmm. So. So anyway, so I see that they're there, and I'm like, I you know, I don't want to take my shot yet, and uh, and I'm also looking at it because I'm on a hill. I'm like, how the hell am I going to make this shot? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a crap leg. This was four. This is on the ninth hole. Oh, that ninth. So hole, I'm on sorry. the ninth hole, and I'm just like, I don't, you know, like I'm thinking like, 
do I just kind of like grip it and rip it and just hope I land on the fairway somewhere? You know, like I, I can't figure it out. So I'm going to need a little bit of time. And I got time now to think about it because the group in front of me is still putting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the other guy gets up behind me and he sees his shot. And, and you know, it's the person who's farthest from the hole is who's right. supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm also deferring to him to say, no, you're behind me. You take your shot. So he goes, Okay. So he's also kind of got a bad lay and whatnot, and mm -hmm. and you know, and I go off to the side, like I move my cart to the side, and I'm trying to think, think like what club I want to use here, and you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going through the whole process. Right. So I pick out a club and I just start swinging it a little bit, just like just like how am I gonna you know make this work? Right. And he's just standing there looking ahead at the group that's still on the green, and he starts yelling at them, like saying like what. You're like, what are you, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, oh God, here we go. So finally he goes and then I go and we get up to the green and, you know, we make our putts and whatnot. And when I caught up to these guys, I was in a cart by myself. The older guy was in a cart by himself. And then this young, this, the third guy who was younger than the older guy, but older than me, you know, in his fifties, he's, he's pushing a cart. He's walking. So I, I parked my cart like far from the green because of where I was. I was walking. I was bringing like two, three clubs with me. So I, I sink my putt and I got to go back to the cart and then drive it up to the 10th hole. So I'm behind these guys a little bit and I'm like, it doesn't really matter. And I knew that the, the, the mm -hmm. group in front of us was taking their sweet time. Whatever. Fine. Mm -hmm. I pull up to the 10th tee and the guy who was yelling at the group in front of us is now in a verbal shouting match with the group in front of us because they're just teeing off. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. Mm. So now I look and I realize the reason they're going slow is they've got a handicapped guy. They've got a guy who's he's in a cart by himself. He's mm -hmm. got like the blue flag that says handicapped and he's taking his time. And I'm like, okay, that explains it. You can't get mad at him. Right. The most you can do is ask politely to play through. And instead, these guys are going at it. Like this guy on my in my group is like going is like just like reading them the riot act. And the handicapped guy starts dropping four, four letter, letter words, words oh and whatnot. And so the, the the ranger comes up and it's like trying to separate us and whatnot. Or separate them, I should say, because I'm just in my cart like watching this whole thing. And um, the guy in my group storms off, says, I'm not playing this anymore. And we don't see him again. So the group in front of us plays the hole. Right. I'm left there sitting with the other guy who's in his late 60s, early 70s. And we're like just looking at each other like, what do we do? And so we play the hole. And as we approach the next hole, the group in front of us is waiting for us. And I approached them and they start talking and whatnot. And I said, listen, we've never met each other before, me and these groups, okay? I point to the guy next to me. I'd never met him before this day. I had never met the other guy before this day. I apologize for him. I didn't know he would be like this, okay? I understand you're handicapped. And, you know, and the, you know, the, the other guy had looked like he had a health problem and whatnot. And I just said, hey, listen, you're not going to get anything out of us. I understand. We understand. I just hope that 
you play a great game, you hit them straight, and I'll be thinking of you. I hope you get better soon. You know, blah blah blah. You know, just just lay it on thick. Mm-hmm. And they were completely disarmed. Mm. And and at that point, the conversation was polite. It was um, encouraging. Mm-hmm. They let me and my guy play through. Um, and before See, that's all it takes. Exactly. Doesn't it? And, and I, you know, I said, I'll be praying for you. And I hope you, you know, whatever you're battling, you find some peace and comfort. And the next thing you know, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And I went up to the, 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 um, the manager when I got back, who's a younger guy who I've been chatting with frequently when I was there. And I just mm-hmm. said like, did your ranger tell you about what happened on 10? And I just said, yeah, I, I, I listened. You know, I, I told him my side of the story. I said, it, you know, it was ugly, but we took care of it. And and he said, yeah, the guys, both of those guys have been problems in the past. Blah, 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 you know, so it was all good. The guy that left? The guy that left. You know, these both, you know, they've all had kind of uh, run-ins before, you know, and whatnot. And I was just, and, and he and I were both on the same page. We're like, listen, with all due respect, we're in a pandemic. We're all just trying to get by. <laughs> We just want to play some golf. Right. You know, um, it's not the end of the world. Right. And here's the other thing, too. I, was, I thought about this this morning when I, was about, when I was preparing the story. If you're playing golf on a course like this, you're probably not on the PGA Tour. Okay? Although the course is hard. It is. The, yes. It's a difficult course. Yes. But... The, the, the skill of the players who are playing are not Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, if you play golf and you're not on the tour, <laughs> you're going to run into some golfers who have very high handicaps. Yeah. Who are going to, who are just doing the best they can. Okay? <laughs> I, I have a 35 <laughs> handicap. Okay? So, yeah, mine's twenty twenty two. Yeah. So <laughs> when I break a hundred, that's reason to celebrate. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's you 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 kind of have to know that going in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very similar to when I play on my adult baseball team. We're not in the major leagues. None of us have been signed to any contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. You, you're just out there to have some fun and play the game. Don't take it that seriously. You, you, you want to be upset you missed a pitch to hit? Fine. You want to be upset you made a physical error? Yeah, we all do. It's fine, okay? But don't take the game to a level where you got to take it so seriously that it's life and death, mm-hmm. okay? Maybe two times in my career playing on that adult baseball team, have I had kids on the team who were college studs, mm-hmm. you know, who ne- who were looking just for a place to play during the summer, you know, because they had to keep the skill going for the next collegiate season when it came around, you know, starting in the fall and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And those cats, those cats could ball, okay, mm-hmm. if I might use the slang. Mm-hmm. Um and that, but that's few and far between. Right. You know, the rest of us are out there. You know, we're striking out. We're grounding out. We're making throwing errors. You know, it's it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So you just you just have to know that. Going, it's like with tennis, too. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're playing tennis with your friend 
You're, none, none, none of you out there are about to go up against Rafael Nadal. Mm -hmm. Okay? None of you out there are going to face McEnroe anytime soon. Right. Okay? Let it go. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the story. And it's just sad that we see some of this on the golf course. Yeah. You know? Um, I think what a lot of people forget, <clears throat> golf is a gentleman's sport. Yeah. And what I mean by that is not that it's just for men. Right. But it's, it's a sport of manners. It's a sport of sophistication. It is a, it is the, the epitome of sportsmanship is in that sport mm -hmm. where, you know, okay, there are things that are just understood on a public course. Like, okay, if you, if you're not that good, or if you're maybe a little bit older, you should be golfing from the yellows. Right. Or, you know, and, and, you know, just make the game. See, that's what I don't understand. Make the game easier for yourself. Right. Don't make it harder on yourself. So you and I golf from the whites. Right. The men's uh, tees. The men's tees. And that's the, the average. Yeah. Right. And then there you got, technically there are five levels of tees, mm -hmm. right? So there's blacks, blues, yellows, uh, blacks, blues, whites, yellows, and reds. Right. And reds are the ladies' tees. Mm -hmm. Yellows are for seniors and teens, I think. I've and seen some courses that have a sixth set, like a green set for kids, but that's few and far between. Okay. So, I mean, you should, if you're going to play, know your own limitations right. and play from the correct set of tees. Yep. So, I mean, I've been on courses, I've been on courses before where people with whom I've golfed uh, would play on the wrong set of tees. Yeah. And I didn't, you're not supposed to say anything because that's, it can be a little embarrassing. Yeah. So I kept to myself and I just played to my own strengths. And, and that's the other thing you have to be positive on the golf course. You've got to be positive. You're encouraging if you're, everybody. If you're yeah. focusing on the negative, your game is going to go south. Yep. So quick, um, you know, it, it just, when you have that added conflict that you described, no one's doing any, no one's doing each other any favors. Right. You know, you're like when you sort of smoothed everything over at the end and they let their guard down and they go, go ahead, play through. It's yeah. fine. If you, t you don't take longer than five minutes to look for your ball, mm -hmm. if you can't drop one, move on. If you shoot double par, pick, pick it, up, it up, move on. If, you know, if you notice the people waiting for a while, just so, wave them on through. Yeah. And I, we've talked about this before. You know, I've, I've golfed in Florida a few times and there's some courses down there that don't even have rangers on them. That, you know, and rangers, for those of you who don't know, they, they, they guide the pace of play. They make sure you don't <laughs> break stuff. Yeah. I, you know, they're, they're, they're monitor, they're monitoring relative good behavior mm -hmm. on a golf course. Right. So, but I find that courses without rangers, there's no problem. Yeah. The, the, the pace of play is faster 
without rangers driving around, making sure you're keeping pace of play, I find a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, so if you know what you're doing, if you if you use common sense and you're just polite, that's, and it's all about communicating, mm-hmm. right? And this is where sportsmanship comes in because golf is the game of ultimate communication and 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 from that is you know good sportsmanship can come about absolutely so you know there is a lot of etiquette involved in golf um you don't have to follow it to the letter you know you you don't have to be like super strict where you're playing you know pga rules yeah. or anything uh, when you and I, I play, like to refer it as street rules. Yeah, you and I play. <laughs> if we have to drop a ball, we're not counting an extra stroke all right. the time. You know, come on. And that's the thing. Like, oftentimes you'll get a couple inches from the hole, and I'll be like, "I'll give it to you." Pick it up. Yep. Give it's yeah. par. Exactly. You know, just fine. I'll give it to you. Right. Well, the easiest, as long as you agree, right? Then it's no problem. And the, the easiest one is you 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 putt. You're right near the hole. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to let the people farthest away putt. Right. And you, 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 you want me to mark it or knock it? Knock it in. Come on. Right. You if know? you're or if pick it away, it's a gimme. You know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy we golfed with last time, super nice. Another guy named Sean. Yes. Yeah. He he was great. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, tap it in. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. I'm, he was can... putting with one hand sometimes. I, you know? I, he, he was great. Yeah. No, he, he was, was a good dude. He was, he yeah. was a really good dude. So it it's uh it's it, it's a chance to really um be a good person. Yeah. When when you're on the course and you interact with someone and most people you with whom you play, you don't know. Yeah. Right? So you're it's you're making an impression. Right. Um and you're spending, you know, four hours with these people. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you you want to you want to start out positive, right. you know. So um, that's that's the constant reminder. So don't don't worry about you know if people are taking their time, people are having trouble. If they're not, if there's a noticeable handicap, and not shot handicap, right. but physical handicap with the person in front of you, take your time. Yep. And if they allow you to play through, graciously accept. On you go. The hardest thing to do in golf is to golf when you're perturbed. Right. When someone says something to you or when you feel rushed or Mm -hmm. when, you know, like all of those things, as a highly sensitive person, I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. I'm right there with you. I hate it when people are behind me. I hate it when people complain. I literally just want... Shut down. You shut down. And then your game suffers. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I just want to hit the ball. Right. And try and put it in the hole. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't want to feel rushed and with this, that, the other. You don't want you rangers know? giving you swing tips. Right. Just, just, <laughs> let me, just let me take my time and do my thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and and when you do that, your game gets better. Yeah. You know, I mean, geez, what, right after I smoothed things over, mm-hmm. it, it took me until I got to 17, but I parred 17 with a 50 foot putt. Yeah. Okay. Great. And and I was like, what? You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, so and then like when we were playing last week, mm-hmm. you know, I had my first birdie. Yeah. With what was that, like a twenty foot putt? Yeah. Yeah. So these things happen. And, and that's a birdie. real birdie. That's a real birdie. Like that's, a real yeah. birdie. Like I, <laughs> I my tee shot landed on the green. And I took one was shot. Was that a par four? That was a par three. Par that was three. that that signature hole with oh, the dip. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So, the only bad thing about that was that the the tee was terrible, so they put the mats out in front <laughs> and said tee off from this. 
Yeah. And I took a, I took like a, like a six iron, I think, mm-hmm. and just said, "Good luck, everybody else." We're all counting on exactly. you. <laughs> so, so great, great story. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's get into the other stuff we have planned for today, real sure. quick. Um, World Series recap. Okay. Okay. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, for winning their first World Series since 1988. Hmm. Uh, well deserved. Um, I think it's a legitimate championship. I know a lot of people have griped about you know the season being what it was and all these different things. And I say, listen, based upon what these cats had to go through to play and to to make this thing happen and whatnot, and the mental strain and all all of that, to me, it's valid. Um, we'll get to a reason later on in the discussion that I thought could have actually uh, curtailed that a little bit. But the first thing I want to talk about is in game six, the final game of the World Series. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sure people have heard about it by now. The The turning point was Blake Snell, starting pitcher for the Rays, got taken out of the game in the top of the sixth, or in the bottom of the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pitching a gem. Five and a third, two, no runs to that point, two hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. Okay? That's fantastic. The, the, he's been through the Dodgers lineup twice. The top three hitters in that lineup, which include Mookie Betts and uh, Corey Seager, who, and I believe Justin Turner, um, Seager ended up being the World Series MVP, and Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts. Those three guys, all 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. He struck out the top three guys in that lineup twice, both times he faced him. Well, that's a good indication of a fine, fine game. Exactly. So, top of the sixth, um, one out, Austin Barnes, who's the number nine hitter, hits a weak single to center field. Kevin Cash comes out of the Tampa Bay dugout and takes out Blake Snell. And there's no one on? There was one on. Okay. He's got like 75 pitches. Okay. And everyone is screaming, what are you doing? And the reason that he did it is because if you look at the analytics, which is the new trend, and listen, it is what it is right now. The analytics say that when a pitcher faces a lineup for the third time, the batting average increases significantly. It goes above 300 for all hitters. That's how high it goes. So these teams who believe in the analytics so strongly say, we don't want our starting pitcher to face a lineup the third time. And Barnes hit number nine. They were going back up to Mookie Betts to face him for the third time. And they said, we got to get him out of there. What happens? Next batter, Mookie, doubles. You got now runners at second and third with one out. Next batter is Corey Seager. During that at-bat, wild pitch. Barnes scores from third. It's now tied at one. Uh, Betts moves to third. Uh, Seager hits a ground ball to the first baseman. He comes home with it. Mookie Betts scores, beats the throw. Runner at first, one out. Dodgers lead 2-1. Later in the game, Mookie Betts hits a solo shot to be the nail in the coffin. Dodgers win 3-1, win the World Series four games to two. So everybody and their mothers talking about why did you take out Blake Snell? He was dealing, and they point to the analytics. So that's obviously a storyline that everyone's following and mm. discussing and tearing apart and whatnot. Just let you let them work out of it. Right. Like right. He, that's why they're there. Exactly. And right? Even, and even people who are major analytic major analytically driven are saying you don't do that the dude's dealing i don't care what numbers are telling you you got to let your eyes tell you that he's still 
dealing. Right. Okay. So the reason I bring it up is because so I'm listening to uh, the Michael K show on Wednesday, the day after. And they're talking about it, and you know, okay, fine, yeah. It's, I mean, it's obviously it's it's going to be Still all fresh. over. It's going to be all over sports talk radio, and rightly so. And they're talking about the analytics, and one of the things that they talk about, you know, this stereotype gets brought up a lot, and it is what it is. They say the guys in the front office are now running the show. They're these are the guys in their early twenties who are MIT grads, you know, in their pop collared shirts with the with the scraggly hair, riding a Schwinn bike to school, mm-hmm. you know, who've never played a game of baseball in their life, and their number and they're smarter than the baseball players, so their numbers are gonna win out and dictate how the game's gonna be played. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, it's kinda true from the standpoint of that's how the game's being managed. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Kay makes a point where he says, Kenny? Kay. Oh, Kay makes a point. I was like, who's Kenny? Well, he's the guy on South Park that dies all the time. Mm-hmm. So, he makes a point where he says, these are the guys who are getting beaten up in school by the athletes. And they're holding it, it's like they're holding it over their heads. That's my computer, I forgot mm. to mute it. Um, they're now, they're holding it over well, their heads. that's kind of an... That's kind of a dickish thing to yeah, say. Yeah, saying like, you know, oh, you know what? You thought I was no good in high school? Well, now I'm smarter than you, and I get to decide how the game gets played. And I'm and you don't like it? Well, then you're out of a job because I have I wield dominion over you. And I'm thinking to myself like, why did we have to go down that road? Like I I I understand the point that he's making. Okay, I I empathize with the people who may have been subjected to that, to the people who in the proverbial high school did get beaten up by the athletes, did get made fun of, get did get whatever. Okay, and now they're coming back and they're saying, "You might have beaten me up then, but now I'm the one in the front office and I'm dictating how the game's going to get played. You don't get to have the say." And maybe there's some sort of sick joy saying. I kept you from winning your World Series because of this, okay? I understand the point, okay? I empathize with the person in the front office who may have experienced that. But I don't know if it's right to use that as the the script to explain this. If you want to talk about the analytics, you want to talk about how they don't work or how we need to rethink how we use them and so on and so forth, it's totally fine. But do we really need to go down that road? And and, and it might be true for all we know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. It, for all we know, it might be true. But again, does that mean that it has to be brought to the forefront, that it has to be discussed, it has to be used as the script? And I just don't think it needs... We're both... Sorry. And we're both just... I forgot to silence my phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go silence my computer while you respond to what I just said. Um, <laughs> so I I definitely agree. Like there's... I mean, if you're going to... If you're in a position where you can talk about... Where you can express an opinion about analytics or you know versus platform of the radio show etc right don't use it to cast i guess 
I don't want to say judgment, but maybe judgment on a generation of people or, or a specific archetype of someone um, just because you're disappointed with, you know, with, with the state of things, right. you know, that's not the point. Let's talk, get down to the meat and potatoes of the discussion. You want to say analytics don't work. You want to say you need to do a better job. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't bring up the whole point that, you know, you're a nerd, you're beat up by athletes, like, and just, you're using that as your aggression towards them in the field. Like that's, you disenfranchise a lot of people that way. Yeah. And it's just not right. You don't, you just don't say that. It shows more about the character of the person who says it than anything else, too. And this goes back to our whole discussion on sportsmanship in the media. Yep. You know, it, it is it is a huge platform that you have and the opportunity you have to express your opinion and you just throw it in the trash. And I and I like Michael Kay. I do, too. Okay. Um but, but he just got this one wrong. Yeah. And, you just don't say that. Well, I think that he has a brash nature to himself sometimes where he, you know, he, he almost, I, I wonder if it's kind of like he has to be that shock jock type of person because he was always behind to Mike Francesa in the ratings. And now he's mm-hmm. now, you know, so he was always upset that he was number two. Right. Because now there's that. And now he's number one because Francesa's gone. And... Now he's kind of running with it like I can do whatever I want, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just there's something about the personality of the man there where you want to say, listen, you have the right to express your opinion on your show. You have the right to completely destroy the analytics. And and you can take them to task for it and say, you know, baseball teams that do this are stupid. You know, you can't, you know, like you you just can't it's it's ridiculous that we let the numbers run the game like this. Blah blah blah. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's fine. That's right. all well and good. Right. You know? Then even, make that argument. Yeah. Even Don LaGreca was going was getting kind of heated. And I and I understood his point about it. I think he was using words like calling people patsies. And he was doing mm-hmm. that by saying, but not not to to cast judgment, but to say, you have employed people who are patsies because they will just do whatever this front office says, okay? Because they know that's how they have to keep their job. You know, like he's 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 calling out the the, the system and the script. I think by doing that. What I don't think he's doing is talking about the character. Maybe he's talking about the character from the standpoint of, you know, a manager knows that he's getting into a stupid situation where if the analytics don't work from above, he has to face the music for that to the media. You know, so so you want to talk about that. You're still talking about an injustice of the system. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. So it's not like the people who are are in the front office are speaking in front of a microphone answering to the press about their analytical mistake. Right. Right. It's the, it's the manager that has to answer. And he has to take the blame and say it's all on him when everybody and their mother knows it's not his fault. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what you're, what you're doing there is when you're talking about character, what you're doing is you're saying what, what is going on in the mind of this manager where he knows he has to make certain sacrifices if he wants this job. You know, which I think is a reasonable argument to make from the standpoint of personnel as they get employed by, you know, as coaches and managers, you know, on a team in this analytical, analytically driven society of baseball. 
that's all within the spectrum of what can be discussed. It's then when you when you bring about the next step of saying, yeah, these are the kids who got beat up in high school by these athletes and now they're holding it over their heads that you start to say, I don't know if I would go there. No. You know? And again, I empathize. I understand why someone would make that argument, like how mad they would be and why they felt like that was necessary to be made. And I also understand what it's like to be in those positions where, you know, you get kind of um, proverbially beaten up by the athlete who might not be book smart, you know, but Mm -hmm. has the brawn to to just beat you up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I totally empathize with all of these points. The, the analysis that we're making here is to question whether or not it's necessary to go down that road and make it public. Right. You know? I think the another thing to sort of think about is what kind of precedent does this set? Yeah. You know, what what like you know, what what happens ten years from now in baseball? Is it do 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 managers just you know, not exist anymore. It's and it's just, possible. and it just, you just have, you know, a group of, a group of guys who are just on laptops. Yeah. Telling you figuring what to do. Figuring out yeah. like it behind like a, a plexiglass. We've got plenty of plexiglass going around right now. So, know, you know, no, but I mean like what, it, like, you know, they just sitting like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to be, I'm, you're, you're, I'm like I'm being facetious, but at the same time, I'm like, ra- no, listen. For the purposes of of that, you're raising a fantastic point because this kills jobs. Oh, totally. I mean, so I forget who said it. They said, you know, everybody wants robot umps. Mm-hmm. The heck with that. We got robot managers and robot front offices right, right now. We don't need robot umps if we've got robots running you know the what? teams. I got an idea. Let's just get rid of the. Uh, the, the, the humans, the, right? Okay. Let's just get rid of all humans and replace it with you know just just big one big simulation, right? It's all the matrix, right? We're just all, make it one big yeah. simulation. Yeah, it's just one giant you know two K twenty one MLB video game, and you're. <laughs> And it's the computers playing against the computers. Right. You're not even controlling no. it. You're watching artificial intelligence play a video game. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like when you're playing Smash Brothers with three computer players mm-hmm. and you get knocked out and you got to watch three computer players battle it against each other. Right. It's like watching someone else play video games. Yeah. You know, this is great. So anyway, that was, that, you know was what? that point. I'd still watch I it. I think you and I both would still watch it. <laughs> We would we would be glued <laughs> to it. So the other thing we want to recap from the World Series is what happened with Justin Turner. Okay. Okay. To catch everybody up, I'm sure people know about this by now because of how it permeates into the rest of society. Justin Turner was taken out of the out of Game Six of the World Series in the eighth inning, and nobody knew why until after the game. It turns out he tested positive for COVID. Okay, mm. the the chain of events was slowly disseminated to the public, and here's what happened. You know, everyone who's in the the baseball bubble gets tested every day. Okay, and it takes about 24 hours or so to get the tests back from the previous day, mm. for whatever reason. So they had Major League Baseball had gone like almost two months 
without a single positive test. So they're feeling pretty good, okay, that they got this under control. On Monday, which is an off day, between games five and game six, everybody does their tests, okay, and they send them off to the lab. On Tuesday, they get the results back from Monday's tests, and they get the results back around the second inning of the game. So we're somewhere between like 8 and 9 o'clock at night on the East Coast when this happens. Okay? And how far are they into the game? They're in the second inning. Okay. Okay? Justin Turner, who's the starting third baseman. And this is the this is the final the game? The final game. Okay. It's if, if the Rays were to win game six, got to play game seven. But okay. it ends up being the final game of the season. Okay. Okay? So in the second inning, and Turner's in the lineup, uh... Turner's test comes back inconclusive. Everyone else is negative, but his comes back inconclusive for whatever reason. So Major League Baseball sends the tests that they took Tuesday and puts a rush on Turner's. They're expecting to get get all those tests that they took on Tuesday, the daily tests, back on Wednesday. But when they see that Turner, who's in the game right now, comes back as inconclusive, they rush that test. They get the test result of that one back around the eighth inning, and it's positive. Now, Turner is asymptomatic, okay? Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball calls the Dodgers. Dodgers call down to the dugout and say, he's got to come out of the game. They don't really give him a reason. They just say, he's got to come out. So, they take him out. Why didn't they give him a reason? I think at the time, you're in the middle of the World Series, and they're trying to focus <laughs> yeah, on it, right. you know. You don't wanna, so okay. they're just like, "Look, he's just got to come out. He's got to come out." Okay, fine. You know, they and and people like whispers are starting a little bit, but everyone's just like, "We are six outs away from winning the World Series. Can we focus on this right now?" Right. Which I totally understand. Yeah. And and endorse. Okay. Dodgers win the World Series. Scrum. Everyone's celebrating on the field. Blah 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 blah. Turner has been taken out of the game. He's in an isolation room in the bowels of the stadium watching the celebration unfold, and he can't be part of it. He tweets out, like, I don't understand. I, you know, I, I get it, but, you know, this is, this is a shame and blah, 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 blah. Okay. At some point, after the presentation of the trophies and... You know, the you know th- people start to leave and things die down a little bit. I mean, there's still a little bit of a celebration going on, but it's a it's a subdued celebration. You know, the Dodgers are all wearing their their championship shirts and hats, and they're taking pictures with the trophy, and they're eating pizza and things like that. You know, there's no Champ- sh- there's champion- no champagne. Championship face masks. They I think some of them had them. Some okay. of them did. Some of them did. Okay. Um, not everybody though, because they're all they've all been in the bubble right. for. For the entire postseason, right? You know, so it's kind of like you, you at this point with the well, season it's more over, of a fashion accessory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're just like whatever. It's just mm-hmm. whatever. Turner decides, screw it, I'm going out there, and no one can stop me. Major League Baseball tries to stop him, and he says, "No, I'm going out there." Oh my god! And the Dodgers are like, you know what? Let him out. The season's over. He just won the World Series. Let him come out. He puts a mask on. Okay. Okay. He holds the trophy. He gets some pictures taken. He gets into the team picture. Okay. 
When he's in the team picture, he's front and center sitting down with no mask, sitting right next to Dave Roberts, the manager, who's a cancer survivor. So it gets reported after the game that Turner came out because of a COVID test. And the media goes berserk and starts calling out baseball and the Dodgers and turn like really just nuts. And I thought to myself as I'm watching this, okay, we, we, it's going to be what it's going to be on the surface right now. We kind of have to let the situation develop a little bit. Let the dust settle. Before we can we can pass a complete judgment. And at the time that we're recording this, all we know is that, Ma- is that Major League Baseball launched a full investigation to see the protocols that were broken, blah, 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 blah. Because there was a joint protocol agreed upon with Major League Baseball and the Players Association that deals with COVID this season. And the, the, the protocols clearly state that in this situation, Turner should not have gone back out there. Okay. Chris Russo actually said it pretty good, pretty well himself. I caught myself. And, and, I, and, and, and this is where I kind of fall on it right now. I'm not going to endorse one thing or another. What I'm going to say is that I empathize. I understand how an athlete gets to that point, which is the pinnacle of the sports world. He's ho- hoisting a championship. Um, you know, that's that's very difficult to achieve. He may never get here again. Okay? The season is now over. There are no more games to be played. He's been around these guys for a month in the bubble. It's entirely possible that they've all been exposed at this point. If the Dodgers want to let him out there so that he can celebrate a little bit, I understand. I'm not necessarily endorsing. What I'm saying is I understand what it's like to be an athlete in that position and to think, how can I have this taken away from me like this? Okay? It seems unfair when you're in that position. And as a result of that, in a perfect world, should he have gone back out there? No. Absolutely not. He puts mm-hmm. other people in danger. Okay? But we're human beings. And what I challenge people who came down on him so hard to consider is that if you were in Turner's shoes, if you were a professional athlete, and you're working your tail off, and all of a sudden, two innings from hoisting the championship trophy, you're told you can't participate in the celebration. Would you do the same thing? Would you be able to resist that? Would you Would you not be frustrated and angry to that point where you say, screw it, I'm going out there? And I don't think that anybody in the media can say with 100% certainty that they would they would not have felt the same way that Justin Turner felt. Again, I'm not endorsing what he did. What I'm saying is, in this type of a situation, where you're not 
you're not cheating the game. Okay, we're not talking about steroids and the temptation to gain an advantage here. Okay? In 2020, where everything has been taken from us to this degree, and all you want is the opportunity to raise that trophy, would you not want to go out there and do it with your teammates in that same way? When you're completely asymptomatic and... There's a, ch- I mean, listen, there was a chance at that time, even though it was an inconclusive test and then a positive test, could it still come back as negative? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Probably not, but maybe. I, I'm not even going to try and speculate. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, could you not see it, how he would have felt and reacted? And would, would we not be in a position where if we were there, we might not have done the same thing? Mm. That doesn't make it right. It just means let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. So... Now, you're looking at me as I'm telling you this, like, I can't believe he did that. So how are you reacting to it? Well, here's the thing. If you're going to do something like that, and I understand the enthusiasm mm-hmm. and the, the want to be involved in the celebration, you're going to kind of have to take responsibility for what happens after that. Right. Right? So if, you know, if he's sitting down without a mask next to the manager who's presumably also not masked. Yeah. They all took their mask off for the picture. Okay. Now the, most of them are wearing masks at other times and right. whatnot. And the other thing to consider, again, I said this to somebody, I said, you've been in the bubble for so long. Right. It's almost like, what are you doing wearing the mask to a certain right. degree? It's like, it's not even helping at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, we could talk about the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. Of course, here. Michael K. You know, but um, if he had had COVID all this time, wouldn't his teammates have already been exposed? It's to certainly it? possible. It so, is certainly possible. Right, so that's that's speculation. And also keep in mind that we didn't. Nobody knew about it until that test came back on Tuesday. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I understand the, the, the drive and the, and the want to be with your teammates, and I'm not faulting him for that, but um, at the same time, if someone else comes back and reports positive and they have to go to the hospital and they're in critical condition. That's kind of on Turner's. It's on him. It's like on you him. said, you take responsibility. It's on his head. And you know what? It could be, for all we know, that he will take responsibility. Right. We he, don't know but yet. But he can't say anything because that investigation is ongoing. So you know, I I. You know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. So I guess we'll just have to wait, but. Preliminarily, preliminarily. In the meantime. That's a word. <laughs> that's a word I'm making up now. Fine. Preliminarily, I think that um, the... Do the ends justify the means? You know, I, I, I mean, do, it, 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 okay, he wanted to celebrate. I get it. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Like... After all that work, despite it being a shortened season, it's still, yeah, okay, you want to be a part of your team? You you should, if you feel that you need to be out there, then okay, 
So you would agree that you that you could empathize and understand the point. That I understand I'm where yeah. he's coming from. Yeah. Especially if you're asymptomatic, because there's that illusion right. that everything's okay, but that's not how this works. Like I, I mean, we you know science is still there, even though you might not believe in it for some people. Mm-hmm. Like some people have questioned the validity of aspects of the virus and you know it's one of those things where like if i walk like if i see a tree and i'm walking towards it i can believe my hardest that it's not going to be there but guess what i'm going to wind up with a bloody nose (laughs) if i keep walking it depends on the speed at which you're walking right but But if i'm I'm walking fast okay i'm running and i see a tree and i close my eyes and like no, the tree's not there. You're I'm like gonna, George of the Jungle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just watch I'm, out for that tree. No tree, no tree, and then boom! Like you can believe as hard as you want that that tree's not there, right. but it's there. Yeah. And like it, the same thing, I feel like it's like with COVID, where you know <laughs> you're asymptomatic, and if you test positive, okay, maybe it's a false positive, yeah, but it's a chance. I mean, if I were in his shoes, and I, I'm trying to think of this from a logistical standpoint, right? You've got your heart and you've got your mind. Yeah. And it's like you're, you're in a chess match with the heart and the mind. You're trying to make the Seinfeld so, reference. Right, but not, but not like that, that. that. Yeah. But, you know, so like the, the, the passionate side of me would be like, yeah, get out there. Hold the trophy. What COVID? Yeah. You know, but the logical side of me would be like, now, hold on now. Hear yeah. me out. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I, I, I know what you're thinking. But um, so it's a decision that, you know, that he has to be responsible for yeah. in the end. So. And you know what? If he takes responsibility for it and he says he's sorry, and again, I, all the better. Exactly. If he does, right. and that's that's great. Yeah, exactly. And I and see now the two things that I, I the other two things I would bring up as a result of this. The first is remember earlier I was talking about there's no asterisk on this season. Mm-hmm. If the Rays came back and won that game, and there was going to be a game seven, because of that positive test, game seven would have been delayed for days, if not a week. Right. And then all of a sudden you got game seven where everybody is rested mm-hmm. and it's a complete shootout with right. 28 men versus 28 men. Yeah. Okay. If that were to happen, I think you have a different story where maybe now the championship has an asterisk next to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't think so. Right. Cause it's 28 different people. Right. You, but, you at know. this point, And they're all, you know, they're not fatigued from the rest of the series. Everyone's had a week. But the to people rest. that do the analytics on the field. Exactly. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, but so, so that's the first thing is that I forget who said it, but um, major league baseball should send the Dodgers a fruit basket to thank them for winning. So they didn't have to go through the debacle mm-hmm. of having to postpone game seven for a week because of mm-hmm. that positive test. Right. Who knows what would have happened, okay? The only p- personal opinion that I will a- also offer is to say, look, I understand the 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 joint agreement, okay, that, th- that the Players Association of Major League Baseball had for COVID protocols. However, what occurred here with Justin Turner is like that one in a million thing 
that it's so rare you think it's never going to happen and it could happen. Okay? Murphy's Law. Exactly. So, if if baseball really was that, was you know, thought that this couldn't be a problem, like if they mm-hmm. really thought that they that, that that the possibility was still there where they might have something like this happen and just throw just leave them with a black eye at the end then they should not have played the season they should have they should right. have said we can't take this chance yeah because if they're not willing to say listen be consistent the season is over yeah. okay right if you know we were you know we we just we what are we going to do? I understand this could be bad. This looks, but whatever. But if you, if you, well, can I just please get another angle to this? Yeah. The season's over. They all go back to their families. Right. And, but and so what, what happens but then? The families are also there. Oh, I guess, you know, well, all of the families for the most part are there and the wives and the kids are on the field already celebrating with them. They're all in the bubble. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, so, Again, there's no clear-cut answer here. Right. Okay. We 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 don't necessarily endorse this, but at the same time, I say I empathize because I don't mm. know if I would do, be feel the same way or if I would feel differently in his position. And I'm sure many people with, could not say with 100% certainty that they would not have done the same thing. So, the point I will make then is that if all parties involved could not just just still would not let this happen where there's literally no game tomorrow the mm-hmm. season is over and you still were going to have a problem with this then we should have never played a season now i know that's kind of like nuking and scorching the earth mm-hmm. okay but where are we falling on the severity of this and how it's going to affect people and their perception and judgment. Okay. I'm not here to cast judgment on other people and how they feel about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to offer my own opinion. I'm not uh, on the virus or in, and on the political nature of it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keeping all of that out of it. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that if we could not get to this point, and have this happen. We were not prepared for this to be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Then we should not have played. Mm. That's 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 how I feel. Because mm. I can't I can't cast a stone at Justin Turner for doing this. I don't necessarily endorse it, but I can't sit there and say, How dare you do this? Right. That's that's He's a, you know, he's just as imperfect as the rest of us, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I mean, it it it's very situational. I think it's highly dependent on, you know, the the, you know, what what is going on around you. What's your environment like? Yeah. You know, it's. You know, it's one thing to host a house party with 700 people. Right. You know, that's just stupid. I'm, I, I will say that's 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 stupid. I got to make a phone call real quick. Oh, <laughs> no, <I'm just> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I just I sent out seven hundred invitations. Oh my god! And and I was going to but, have seven hundred people over to my house. But you know what I mean? Like yes. that's a different situation. Yes. So, so um, you know, I, I think with regard to the, the 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 World Series win, that's that's it's one person, and it is a bit different. Yeah. Um. So. It, I don't know. It's a tough call. I think. Yeah. I think, like I said, he has to. He does have to face the consequences of it. Fair enough. Um, but in terms of, you know, heart versus mind, it's a chess match. Yeah. So. And obviously, and we still have to wait a little bit to see how right. this develops. In that situation, yeah. it's it's tough. It's a tough call. Right. But, you know, it it is. And he may he may be punished. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, and and I think that's a very real possibility is mm-hmm. that he may receive some sort of punishment for his actions for violating the agreement between mm-hmm. the Players Association and Major League Baseball. Right. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the precedent is. I don't know if you know they well, would say there has to be some sort of consistency. Yeah, I, don't, here. I don't know if they would suspend the, him. I don't right. know if they would fine him. I don't mm-hmm. know what they would do. Right. But. If he accepts responsibility and he says this was a risk I was willing to take because of this, I'm sorry that I put people in this position, but I think everyone could empathize with that. You know what? Fine. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And I think that's the important thing about sportsmanship from this standpoint is that we have to be able to empathize with people who get put into some of these situations. We we certainly can um, call people out. For, for instances of bad sportsmanship and poor decisions and this, that, the other. But the other side of the coin is remembering we're all human, you know, and, and, and learning and knowing that we can all heal, we can make better decisions, we can always do better later, you know, and to say mm-hmm. that, okay, maybe something was wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe he screwed up, whatever the case may be. Is he taking responsibility? Is he saying this is something I was willing to do? You know, like, so, you know, it's 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 sometimes it's not always about the act, as it is the response to the act. You know, if you go back to the story of what I told you at the beginning on the golf course, mm. if the guy who storms off the course realizes later, like, geez, I I really screwed up there, you know. He might not have the courage to apologize or anything like that, but maybe in his mind he's like, I, I shouldn't have done that or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. That speaks more sometimes than the fact that he may have erred in the first place hmm. because he's willing to understand that. Yeah. You know? Self-realization. Exactly. There's, there, there's, there's a, there are many more layers to this than we, than we believe sometimes. Although you said the manager said that they had problems before. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, that's that's a completely different story. I'm just saying, giving you an example. But you're mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. So, I think I think the lesson here is that we 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 have to practice empathy mm-hmm. um, at the same time that we practice good sportsmanship because the two go hand in hand, you know, um, and we're not here to cast significant judgment when it comes to the end all be all over some of these actions hmm. you know I think our commentary that you and I discuss is more about the dissection and examination of the various aspects of different things rather than just trying to offer an opinion for the purposes of ratings right 
And that's an important thing to remember. Yeah. Because because taking that approach in life sometimes makes you feel better. And it's the right thing to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I sometimes wonder if we would if we would have better understanding of the people with which with whom we disagree, especially over things like politics or religion or you mm-hmm. know things like that. And that doesn't mean we have to agree with people. We have to come around. And it just means we have to be able to hear their side of the story, mm-hmm. you know, and understand why they might feel a certain way. And that doesn't mean that you have to think that they're right. It just mm-hmm. it just means that you have to be able to sit down and say, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't agree, but I hear you. And I, and I, and I, you know, I, I, you're going to find that although you may not agree, you may, you can't deny that a lot of the points of view of other people are at least not valid. Mm-hmm. You can disagree with them all you want, but they, but a lot of them do have reasonable validity. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's about it for now. Empathy is the key word. Yeah, empathy is an attribute in um, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Really, you put points into it, and it helps you better communicate and open up new dialogue options. I did not know that. Yes. And speaking of Star Wars... We're going to stop right now (laughs) and go watch the season premiere of The Mandalorian. Sounds good. All right. Well, Sean, thank you. Thank you. It's always great to see you. I'm glad that we're back to normal with this, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, We may keep doing some ones on Zoom when we have guests because it's just easier that way. Yeah. But um, when it's you and me, I think uh, think we're, as I said to a buddy of mine, I said, I think we're on the back nine. Yeah, you know, so I think we, I think you and I are in a place where we can. Do it. We're not having a house party of seven hundred people. No, okay, but uh, I wouldn't do that anyway. That's yeah, socially awkward for that. I, that's the other thing. Is pandemic or not? I don't know if I want to be around seven hundred people. No, you know, it's kind of like when you say you want to go to a ball game. Are there going to be seven hundred or more people? Well, yeah, it's a ball game. I'll watch mm-hmm. it from at home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so anyway. Um, Great to see you. Glad we can do this again. Um, Absolutely. Everybody, as always, you can check us out online at osafoundation.org. Contact the show, podcast at osafoundation.org. Facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. We'll talk to you all in a couple of weeks. And until then, everybody, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.